The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. <laughs> and of course, it's rainy season, but we thank God for the rain. Somebody say, I thank God for the rain. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Two um, texts this morning before I begin to speak to us from God's word. Isaiah 54. And you can also put a finger in or get ready to go to Matthew 14. Um, Isaiah 54. I wish we had time to read the whole chapter. Of course, if you are familiar with this text, a very powerful chapter, but we won't do that this morning. Um, I will encourage you to read it when you get home. Let's read from verse 1. Sing. O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Praise God. So this feeds into the concept we were sharing last week. Notice it tells the barren woman to begin to sing. Not because she has given birth to a child yet, but because she has the promise that she will give birth to a child. You can tell the sick person to begin to rejoice. Not because his healing has manifested yet, but because you have a promise that you will be healed. Tell the poor, poor person to begin to rejoice and throw a party. Not because your millions or your billions have entered your account yet, but because you have a promise to be prosperous. That's what he's telling here. That's, that's what um, this prophecy is all about. Hallelujah. For many are the children of the desolate. Than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. That's the promise. You that you look desolate. You that you look as if you have nothing. You that you look as if your life has no meaning. Now that Christ has redeemed you. Let's put it in the context of where we are in the New Testament. Now that you are saved. Now that your jubilee has come. Now that you are the redeemed of the Lord, the truth is you actually have more children than the person that is just operating on a natural level. Verse 2 goes on to say, enlarge the place of your tent. Let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, enlarge. Try and demonstrate that word as you say it. Say, enlarge. Hallelujah. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. Somebody declared this morning, I shall expand to the right and to the left. 
I'm not hearing you yet. Say, I shall expand to the right and to the left. Remember, you are reading the word of God and the promise of God. Say it louder. I shall expand to the right and to the left. This is the promise. It's all a promise. Jesus said, I have come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But in that proclamation, in that word, is your jubilee. It's your freedom. So you can begin to sing. Glory be to God. You can begin to throw a party. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Look, is really what I want to focus on this morning in this text. And then we we'll go to Matthew 14. Verse 10. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed. In other words, some terrible things are going to happen. Some major things are going to happen when mountains disappear. That's a major, major shift. When hills are moved, these are things that don't move. They stay there for generations after generations. They are just there, static. But God said, even if the mountains depart, and they will, there will be times in generations or in people's lives where major things will happen. Things that have never happened for generations, things that have never happened for ages, but they will happen. But God is telling us something powerful here. Though the mountains shall depart and the hills shall be removed, my kindness shall not depart from you. Hallelujah. My kindness shall not depart from you. Now, remember from verse 1, the person is talking to, this is the barren woman he's talking to, that has a promise that she's going to be fruitful. And God is now assuring that person. And God is assuring somebody this morning, no matter what has happened or what has not happened, even if the mountain has departed, even if the hills have been removed, understand this and believe this, my kindness shall not depart from you. Hallelujah. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Glory be to God. Can you help me tap your neighbor again this morning and say, believe and rest. Believe and rest. Hallelujah. My covenant shall not depart from you. My kindness, sorry, shall not depart from you. My covenant of peace shall not be removed. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest, and not comforted. Again, he's addressing our current or the present situation. You have been barren. Things have not happened the way you want it to happen. You've gone through affliction. You've gone through difficulties. But it's a word of comfort God is bringing to you this morning. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems. And I will lay your foundations with sapphires. Hallelujah. In other words, I'm going to beautify your life. Somebody say, God is going to beautify my life. God is going to decorate my life. God is going to bring beauty from ashes for me. Hallelujah. You have been afflicted. You have been tossed with tempest. You have not been comforted. But that is not where your story will end. I will lay your stones 
with colorful gems and I will lay your foundation with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystals and all your walls. Somebody say all my walls. Oh, shout it louder if you believe the word of the Lord this morning. Say all my walls. They will be covered with precious stones. Every aspect of your life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands this morning, somebody, and say, Father, I thank you for your precious promises over my life. Come on, thank him again. Say, Father, I thank you for your word and your prophecy over me. Say, I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Um, let's pick up reading from verse 25. Matthew 14 verse 25. Um, last Sunday I, I shared with us about how we can enjoy the jubilee that we have in Christ Jesus. How we can enjoy it. And specifically, we looked at the concepts of faith and we looked at the concept of rest. We, we, we studied that from Hebrews chapter 4. And Apostle Paul was teaching there, likening, um, comparing or like, liking our own experience in the New Testament with that of the children of Israel. And I said they could not enter into the rest or into the promise um, that God had for them, the promised land, because... They stopped mixing the gospel they had with faith and they did not rest. We said that there, there are two dimensions of rest. You must, you must be rested or you must be at rest, be at peace. Even if mountains and hills are being moved and removed around you, even if you are being tossed, um, there's a tempest, there are challenges, you need to know how to find comfort in the word and the promise of God, why you are believing on your journey into your promised land. And that, that itself, it's, it's, a, it's an expression of your faith. In fact, your faith is at its most potent level or one of its most potent levels. And you know faith can grow and we are supposed to grow in faith. It's at its most potent level when you can rest. In the midst of a storm, you can, you can rest. And I want to just continue from there. Matthew 14, 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them. Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. saying it's a ghost and they cried out for fear but Jesus didn't want them to be afraid so immediately Jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it's not a ghost it is I do not be afraid 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down of the boat, glory be to God, he did what? Who has been following the reading? What did Peter do? I can't hear you. What did Peter do? I want us to pause there before we continue the reading. What did Peter do? He walked on the water. Hallelujah. He walked on the water. <clears throat> the times that we live in, and this will happen from time to time in our, in our walk with God, this dimension of faith where you walk on water It's absolutely necessary from time to time in our work with God. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say to us this morning that you need to start walking on water. You, you need to operate faith from time to time as God leads you to, to walk on water. Back to that text we read in Isaiah 54. Technically, that's what God was telling that barren woman to do. What God was challenging us, his people, the nation of Israel at that time is that, look, trust me. Walk on water. Trust me. And we are in some very difficult and dark days in this generation we live in. The only dimension of faith that will get us certain results that we need to get and that we want to get. It's that dimension of faith that does what? I can't hear somebody this morning. The faith that does what? Walks on water. Hallelujah. When you call a barren woman that has been afflicted and, and um, tossed to and through, and I've gone to the and begin to tell that person, begin to sing, begin to rejoice, begin to celebrate. Because of the promise that I have given to you, I am going to beautify your life. I'm going to decorate your life. I'm going to take away all the ashes. I'm going to make you colorful and beautiful. I'm going to make you a testimony. That is faith that is challenging somebody to walk on water. Glory be to God. Now notice very carefully in the text. It was only Peter that made that request. It was only Peter that had the kind of audacity to even say, Lord, if you are the one, call me to yourself to walk on water. But Peter was not the only disciple there. Hallelujah. Peter wasn't the only disciple there. And it's so interesting the way Jesus responded to him. He didn't even think about it. In other words, the truth of the matter is Jesus was expecting them to walk on water. Come. Hallelujah. I hear God telling somebody this morning, come. Glory be to God. In your business, God is telling you, come. 
Hallelujah. Come, come, come. Peter said, Lord, if, it, if you are the one, let me come. Let me come to you. Command me to come to you on the water. And immediately Jesus responded to him, come. Hallelujah. And I love what the scripture said Peter did. When Jesus, Peter had that word, he stepped out of the boat. Glory be to God. And he began to walk towards Jesus. He stepped out. We need this dimension of faith in these times and season that we are in. Yes, it's the season of rain. Yes, we're in a season of celebration. It's jubilee. There's, there's freedom for us. And that's why I asked them to sing that song, that God should lead us to trust in him. Faith that is without borders. Going into places and dimensions we have never been before. Can somebody shout a loud hallelujah? Come. Hallelujah. Let me look at a neighbor and say, come along with me. Come. Come. Praise God forevermore. We're going to come to the other part of the story where Jesus had to rescue Peter, but leave that part. That's part, um, part B. Often times, we are like the other 11 disciples that stay in the boat. So, quite honestly, there's no need to even be teaching you part B. Because it will never apply to you. Glory be to God. But we will still have that lesson at the back of our pocket. But the important thing is to be able to step out. Somebody say, I'm stepping out. I'm walking on water. I'm leaping by faith. I'm stepping into new territories. I'm taking up new challenges. I can't hear you this morning. Say, I'm beginning to do things by faith like I've never done before. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, remember, go back immediate, um, Go back to verse 22. Verse 22 of the text. Matthew 6. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. So Jesus has already commanded the disciples, go to the other side. He had given them that instruction, I will meet you on the other side, or I'm expecting you on the other side. And he went into the mountains, and the Bible said he went to pray. Hallelujah. And he was there, now in the evening came and he was there alone, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary to them. So here they were following an instruction, please follow me very carefully, that God had already given them. Get into the boat, go to the other side. And on their journey, on the way to the other side that God had commanded them, doing what God had told them to do, a storm came. A boisterous storm that came. Challenges arose, difficulties arose, which perhaps they did not expect. And obviously, Jesus expected, or Jesus thought could happen. But it was just a test, and it was just a challenge he threw before them. And that kind of storm, please hear me very carefully, because that's where many of us are. 
you are believers, you're already on your journey of faith, as it were, you are going to the other side, and now storms have arisen, perhaps in your marriage, storms have arisen, perhaps financially in your health, but this kind of storm, to be able to deal with it, please listen very carefully, to be able to address this kind of storms, you, the, the faith you need is the faith that walks on the water. Hallelujah. The faith you need is the kind of faith that does what? Walks on water. That walks upon the storms. Is somebody hearing me this morning? There is no dodging it. You will not get to the other side unless you address the storm. Financial storms are brewing in our nation and all over the world. How do you deal with these kind of things? You walk on the storm. Somebody say, I'm walking on the storm. <laughs> Glory be to God. I'm walking on the storm. Are there storms in your marriage? You, are, you, you got married. And I'm sure all of us believers understand that God doesn't want divorce. So you are in your marriage, you are going to the other side. Glory be to God. So these are things that you, can, you can't go back to the shore. The storm will not even allow you to go back to the shore. <laughs> Glory be to God. I don't know whether you've had those kind of issues. You are too far in. You can't withdraw. And the other side, you can't even see the end yet. So there are two options you have. One, you stay in the boat and the storm continues to rock your life and harass your life. You are in a boat. You see, because we are believers, you are in a boat. And you are kept in the boat. And I'm sure Jesus will still keep that boat from sinking to a large extent. But that's not the plan and that's not the game. The idea is for you to walk upon that storm. Hallelujah. Dominate that storm. Glory be to God. Can I hear somebody shout this morning? It's my year of dominance. Say, I overcome. I am victorious. I am a winner. I am more than a conqueror. And it's in dominating and overcoming and expressing that status that you have and that capacity you have as more than a conqueror, that's how you get to the other side. Glory be to God. And I want to tell somebody this morning, God wants you to get to the other side. God needs you at the other side. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. That other side is where you are manifesting the victory that God has ordained for you. So you can either stay in the boat, and that will be the tendency of many of us. Stay in the boat. Or find this kind of faith that Jesus is demonstrating before us in these times and seasons. And walk on the water. Walk on the water. And I tell you, we will always have an example in Jesus. Walk on the water. Praise God. So, how do you walk on the water? We're going to look at four things. That's our focus this morning. And I want you to find where you are in any of these four things. Well, because you, you are there right now. And if you are not there, it's coming. It's coming. 
there will be times and seasons in our lives, in our walk with God. It's like, again, the children of Israel. Going back to Egypt is not an option. You have set sail from that place. Staying in the wilderness forever is not an option. You can't remain in the boat forever. The only way to move is to move forward. And the only way you can move forward is by walking on the storm, conquering the giants. Hallelujah. Walking on the storm and arriving at the other side. Arriving at the other side. Let me tap anybody to your left and to your right. Say, I see you getting there. I see you getting there. Hallelujah. Can I first of all encourage you at this point, please? The storm may take you by surprise. The storm may intimidate you. The storm may even frighten you. But God is bigger than that storm. Hallelujah. And God is not surprised by that storm. Praise God. I love something the Bible told us here. I don't know whether you caught it. When Jesus told them to go to the other side, send the multitudes away, it was focused on the disciples, go to the other side. He knew that some were coming. The Bible said he went to the mountain and he prayed for them. He prayed for them. And that's what the Bible says Jesus is doing for us today. He forever lived there to make intercessions for us. God is praying for you. Hallelujah. That simply means God is covering you. God is shielding you. God has your back. Hallelujah. Like we sang and declared this morning, I get back in. Praise God. So while they were still going, you see when they took off from the bank, it's, it was night season and all that. Everything still looked okay. But Jesus knew somewhere in the middle of the night, it will not be okay again. And that's when they will need me the most. So he prayed for them. And not only did he pray for them, right in the midst of the tempest, when the storm was rocking them the most and they were frightened for their life, he showed up. Hallelujah. Let me tell somebody something this morning. Jesus is right there with you in the midst of that storm. He is right there. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Glory be to God. But the problem with many believers is when they are in the midst of their storm, they can't find Jesus. They are so consumed with the storm, sometimes so frightened by the storm, paralyzed by the storm, only focused on the storm. But that's not the way to respond to it. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Glory be to God. Paul told the Corinthians, and I want somebody to hear this word again this morning. There is no temptation or storm that has befallen you in your marriage, concerning your health, concerning your career, that is not common to man. Hallelujah. There is none. But God is faithful. In the midst of your temptation, he will make a way of escape for you. And he will enable you, he will give you the confidence and the boldness to carry the storm and to walk through it. He showed up for them right there. Showed up for them. He had prayed for them all night. Showed up for them. 
Sometimes you wonder why God doesn't tell us about the challenges and the storms we face in life. Because many of us will not leave the bank if he tells us. <laughs> Can I get a witness? You won't go. <laughs> when God called Paul, and he told him, and I asked to go and lay hands on him, he said that he's going to suffer many things. And God didn't tell Paul that one. Because if they tell you what you have to go through, you won't go. So you told them, go to the other side. <laughs> and the storm hits at a point where you can't go back. How many of you, are, you know what I'm talking about this morning? You can't go back. But I want you to understand you are not stuck. Let me, let me hear somebody shout, I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. How do you deal with it? How do you, please watch this. Four things we're going to look at this morning from these two texts. How do you operate this faith that walks on your storms? And I want you to understand that's what you need to do in this season. You need to walk on those, those storms. You need to walk on the water. You need to face the Goliath eyeball to eyeball. You need to walk up to that Jericho wall eyeball to eyeball. You need to cross that Jordan. You need to cross that Red Sea. You can't go back and you can't stay where you are. You can't, you can't remain in that boat forever. That God kept you in the boat for the first hour. Kept you in the boat for the second hour. You are not supposed to stay in the wilderness forever. Hallelujah. Go back to Isaiah 54. How do you deal? Just four, four simple things we're going to look at. Isaiah 54. Praise God forevermore. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute? Just before we go. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, pray in the Spirit. I want to hear you, church. Pray in the Spirit. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. I can hear somebody pray this morning. Lift your voice. Let me hear you pray. Shanta Pasata. Oh, yala begedo soto paya la bereke dosa. Ege davaranga dasata. Louder, louder. Pray louder. Pray louder. Just for a minute or two. Shanda gasokota. Eh, yala vreke dosata. Eh, yala vasanda gaya kadosa. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Lead me, Heavenly Father. Lead me, lead me there, Jesus. Lead me, lead me. Help me to walk upon my storms. Help me to walk upon the waters. Help me to walk upon the challenges. Help me to walk, help me to walk, help me to walk. Help me to walk upon the storms. Kaya lava rakade. Regedo sotopaya katakataya labagada. One more minute, pray in the Holy Ghost. If I were you, I would forget about everything and just focus on what we are doing right now. Oh, 
Oh shata sataka taya la baga de geya gadosa takaka egela kadaga dogosa kataya la bagada. Help me to walk, help me to walk, help me to walk upon my waters, upon my storms. Help me to walk through the turmoil, through the challenges, through the difficulties. I know I can't go back where I am right now. And I know I can't remain where I am. The only option is to go forward. Help me to walk upon the storms in order to get to the other side. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory, glory be to God. Number one, if you are going to walk upon the storms, if you are going to walk upon the waters, if you are going to get to the other side, and I'm saying all this, I'm saying on the backdrop that number one, you understand that you are redeemed, you understand that you are saved, you understand that you are in your jubilee, the things you have shared over time. The first thing you need is to be fully grounded in the promise of God for you. The word of God to you. Fully grounded. Number one. Fully grounded. Grounded to the point that even if you are barren, you are still at rest that you are going to be fruitful. Or you are already fruitful. In other words, you are going to manifest fruit even if you are barren. That's what that text in Isaiah 54 is telling us. Get so rooted, grounded, convinced, assured. Praise God. In the promise of God to you that you can sing in the middle of your barrenness ordeal. Get to that point. Get to that point. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. We talked about that last week. Keep hearing the word of God. Keep feeding on the word of God. Keep looking at the word of God. More are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. You tell yourself that is talking about me. That's talking about me. You begin to catch vision. I can enlighten to the left. I can enlighten to the right. I can stretch forth my habitations. My children will stretch forth my habitations. My natural circumstances, my present condition is talking barrenness. But that's not where my story ends. Hallelujah. Be assured that you are not going to perish in the storm. Be assured that you are not going to perish in the wilderness. Rest in the word of God, the promise of God to you. Hallelujah. Get to that point where you are so confident that even if the mountains depart and the hills are removed, God's kindness towards you abides forever. Glory be to God. God's covenant of peace shall not be removed from you. And there's no way you get there but by feeding on the word. That's one thing Peter had to a greater degree than the other disciples did not have. Peter had come to a place where he could trust Jesus. If it's you, bid me come. 
See, the, the, the disciples were on different levels at different times with God. There were several disciples. There was a time Jesus sent out the 70. There were the 12. But even among the 12, there were the inner caucus three, Peter, James, and John. And they had different levels of intimacy that they had worked with Jesus. And two particularly that the Bible tells us about the kind of intimacy they had with Jesus was Peter and John. And Peter had this kind of boldness and confidence. If it's you, bid me come. He knew that if that was Jesus, he would not drown in that water. Hallelujah. So get yourself really ground in that promise. It has not happened yet. I have not seen the manifestation yet. I may be afflicted, tossed with tempest. I'm not comforted yet. But my promise, and now my story will end, is that God will lay my stones with fair colors. God will lay my foundation with sapphires. You focus more on the promise. You focus more on the future. You focus more on what God has said, not just what you are going through. Not that you are denying what you are going through. You've just come to a place of assurance where what is more real to you is the promise and the prophecy of God than your present condition, which is temporal and which will change. Can I hear a loud amen? Hallelujah. You cannot demonstrate a faith that walks on water if you are not assured in what God has promised you. You won't. Glory, glory be to God. Number two. This one is so powerful. Matthew 14. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. There are certain kinds that will not go out except by prayer and fasting. Be prayerful. Jesus knew they were going to the other side. Jesus knew he was going to get them to the other side. He told them, go to the other side. And while they were going on the journey, he went up to the mountain and he prayed for them. This is not prayer of, ah, God. It may not happen, no, or it may happen. Or we are trying to convince God to get it happen. No, you remember you are already assured. Somebody say, I'm already assured. Am I talking to you this morning? Say, I'm already assured. But you are just putting the necessary prayer cover in place. It's like what Elijah did that we talked about, um, was it last week or two Sundays ago, and King, King Ahab. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Ahab starts eating and drinking. The drought was still around. Go and eat and drink. The same thing Elijah did that Jesus was doing to them. Go to the other side. But he went to pray. Ahab eat and drink. But Elijah went up to Mount Carmel and he prayed. It wasn't a prayer of God uh, cause rain to come. No. God had already told him the rain was coming. He knew the rain was coming. He was assured. But there's that place of prayer cover. Hallelujah. Be prayerful. Every opportunity you have, pray. Personally, corporately, spend a lot. Invest. Let me tell somebody, invest in prayer. If you are going to walk on the waters, if you are going to walk on the storm, 
I see so many of us. You are not too far from that other side. I'm telling you, you are not too far from your next breakthrough. You are not too far from your next great testimony. It, it's within touching distance. Glory be to God. What, what you need is a little motivation. Can I hear that? Amen. What you need is a little inspiration. And I'm telling you, it can come from the word and it can come from the place of prayer. Great, great, great. Hallelujah. Number three. Now let's go back to the text. Hallelujah. Verse 29, Matthew 14, verse 25, 29. So Jesus said to him, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked upon the water to go to Jesus. He walked on the water. He walked. And these first two concepts we've shared made, it, made that possible. He, he was assured. Lord, if that is you, bid me come. And the only thing he had going for him was the trust and the confidence he had in Jesus. That's what comes from the word of God to us. He stood faithful to fail me. And the prayer cover was there. Jesus had spent the whole night praying for them. Now understand that the prayer was for any disciple that had stepped out of that boat like Peter. That believed. They would also have walked on the water. Can I, can, do you understand what I'm saying? All of them could have walked on that water. That, but most of them did not. They stayed in the boat. Hallelujah. Verse 30. And this is the next thing we need to know. If we are going to get to the other side, if we are going to have that faith that walks on water, look at it. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, <laughs> he was what? Afraid. And because he was afraid, he began to what? Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And Jesus said to him, O you of... But I just said, I just, I, 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 we just said that Peter had faith. We just, said, we just said that Peter trusted in God. Wait, 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 go back, go back. <laughs> and this is going to go back to something I shared with us last, last Sunday. But I want us to look at it again. Peter said to him in verse 28, If you are the one, command me to come to you out of the water. And all Jesus did was just come. And the moment ago, he, now, this text said when he saw the storm, he had been seeing the storm all night. What do you mean the storm? He had been, I mean, they were in the boat together. He was experiencing the storm. Please watch, I want to show something very powerful here. And he had a moment ago, let's use the verses, two verses ago, he was confident to walk on the water. And he walked on the water. I would have thought, eh? I always try, some of these I attempt to when I come to the edge of this blueprint. <laughs> I always try that. I mean, I'm just thinking 
myself. Maybe one day I do, and I'm just preaching here. I will go there, sir. I'm telling you, if it's me, eh? I'm walking on, on thin air. I will just, I will go to where the camera is. That's what, that's what you would think the natural response would be. Back to the children of Israel. I would have thought after they saw the plagues of Egypt, that God visited on Egypt, after they crossed the Red Sea, after water came out on them from the rock, on. When he saw the waves, this is what the Bible told us. 
he began to fear. He had seen the waves before then. He saw the waves when he was in the boat. Hello? Am I making sense to somebody this morning? Look at that verse 30 again. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, the same thing with the disciples. Let me tell you, really, this is what happened. Peter was, when Peter saw Jesus, there was a confidence that rose up in him that the others did not have. And they were still seeing the waves boisterous. They were like, look, we are safe in the boat. Peter had confidence. I will walk. But now that he was walking on the water, somehow, somehow, his focus or his confidence level dropped to what happened to the disciples in the boat. And fear also crept in. Glory be to God. Ask your neighbor for me again. What are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? Verse 30. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. This is the fourth thing. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you fear? And when they got into the boat, what happened? Talk to me, somebody. When they got into the boat, hallelujah. This is the fourth thing you need. God will always have your back. God will always have your back. And that storm, look at me. Look at me, everybody. That storm is going to cease. That problem is going to disappear. Because he has already guaranteed you victory. But what he wants for you is to demonstrate a faith that can walk on that water. Praise God. Until you get to that other side. Now watch this. The alternative part of this story was that imagine if, and I think this will have Peter a lot, if all 12 of them came out of that boat when they saw Jesus. Talk to me somebody. And all 12 of them were walking and stayed on the storm. Do you know how the storm will have ended? While they were walking on that storm with Jesus, before getting back into the boat, the storm will have ceased. They will still get back into the boat. Oh, I don't think it's that Jesus will have told them to walk to the shore from there. That wasn't the point of the story. The storm will have ceased. But it could have ceased while they were standing in the midst of the storm. Can I hear a loud amen? But because they did not have the confidence that God will carry their back, hold their back, bring the storm to an end, the psalmist said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm here to announce over somebody, joy comes for you in the morning in the name of Jesus. And if you have that confidence and assurance that, look, this thing is going to come to an end, you can step out. Hallelujah. You can step out into what God has in store for you. Somebody declare with me, I'm stepping out. I can't hear you. I'm stepping out. Verse 33. Look at the last verse here. Then those, <laughs> this was what caught me, taught me, those that were in the boat, and specifically he's talking about the 11 that stayed in the boat that didn't come out with Peter. They came and they worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. It's good to believe that in verse 33. And at the end of the day, listen to me, everybody is going to declare that and believe that. The Bible says, every man will bow, every time we confess that Jesus is the Son of God. But do you know when you needed it the most? You needed it the most in verse 28. 
talking to somebody this morning. When Peter saw him and said, Lord, if you are the one, call me to walk upon the waters. At the end of the day, because the capacity to believe that all of them had it. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him, you have greater capacity to believe than you are exercising right now. Turn to another neighbor and say, you have greater capacity. You have greater depth where your faith is concerned than you are exercising right now. Hallelujah. It's time to go to the other side. Who is with us this morning? It's time to walk upon waters. It's time to take up new challenges. It's time to attempt greater things. And these four things will help you. Number one, assurance what? Deep assurance in God's word and God's promise to you. Number two is what? Being prayerful. Number three, watch what you are focusing on. Watch what you are focusing on. And number four, understand that Jesus what? has your back. Rise on your feet this morning. Glory be to God. Manga dosa kata yada breke dosa. Ah yadosa taya la beke doso to paya la breke dosa. Somebody hear me this week. God told me to tell you, go and take up a challenge bigger than what you've ever done before. And specifically, I want to talk about things that the Spirit of God has been prompting you already. You're going to pray about that this morning. Whether it's in your workplace, whether it's at home concerning your marriage, whether it's concerning your health, whether it's concerning your finances. Is somebody here with me this morning? Stretch your hands out this morning. Say, Heavenly Father. I can't hear you. Say, Heavenly Father. I receive grace. I receive strength to take up bigger challenges, to walk upon water with my faith, to dare something that I've never done before in the name of Jesus. Keep your hands stretched out. Open your mouth and just begin to pray right now. Faith that walks upon water. There's something God has been dealing with you about. Faith that walks upon water. For some of us, it's spiritually. There's a depth God has been calling you to spiritually. A depth. A depth in the word. A depth in prayer. You need to leave that boat. You need to leave that comfort zone. You need to leave that position. You need to leave that place. And begin to walk upon the waves. Walk upon the waves. Oh, Yasotopaya, that Rekedosa. Let your confidence in the word of God strengthen your spine, strengthen your backbone. It's time to walk. It's time to walk. It's time to walk upon waters. Receive the strength and the confidence to do that as you pray this morning, this week, this season. There's something you've not done before. Go where you have not been before. Attempt what you have not attempted before. Yes, 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 you. God is talking to you. There's a victory that is awaiting you that you have not seen yet. But you will not see that thing if you stay in that boat. You will not see that thing if you stay in that boat. Somebody, you need to remember that God has your back. God has your back. You will not drown. 
the water. So it may have been okay last week. It may have been okay last month. It may have been okay the first half of the year. I'm, I'm talking about our relationships. I'm talking about the things we invest our time and our money and our efforts in. I'm talking about the places we go to, the things we watch, the things we do. Hello? It may have been okay last year. But now that you are about to get to the other side and you are exercising a faith that walks in water, you need to let go of those distractions. Can somebody shout a loud amen? So say, Father, every distraction that will hinder me, help me to take my focus off them and to keep my focus on you in the name of Jesus. Can you open your mouth and pray? Just pray right where you are. Expose every distraction that the enemy is using to hinder me from getting to the other side. Expose, expose every distraction. Every distraction. That thing that is sapping at my face. That thing that is reducing my faith. This faith that I've cultivated to walk upon the waters. That thing that is reducing it to ineffective faith. Expose it. Expose it. Expose it. Somebody focus and pray this morning. Lord, help me to keep my eyes on Jesus. Help me to keep my focus on what I need to keep my focus on. Help me to keep my focus and my attention on what I need to keep my attention on. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, this prayer point is going to unlock a victory for you that has been eluding you for a while. This prayer point is going to unlock a next level. A next level. A next level that has been eluding you for a while. Just a change in focus. A change in focus. A change in focus. A shift in focus. A shift in focus. Oh, barren woman. Stop focusing on the barrenness. Begin to focus on the promise of God. Stop focusing on the situation and the condition. Begin to focus on Jesus. A shift. A shift. Oh, one more minute come on somebody it's like you're turning a door open you are turning a door open you are turning a door open as your shift as your focus shifts upon the right thing a shift in your focus. A shift in your focus. This second half of the year, a shift in your focus. Mayala bosoto yala brekedosa. In the name of Jesus. He brought Peter back in the boat. And the Bible said all of them now began to worship him. Will you lift your hand, somebody? Everybody. Can we just worship the Lord right now? 
just begin to praise him your own song your own song just begin to praise him your own words just begin to thank him lift your hands if you can jesus jesus we give you praise you are taking us to the other side you are taking us into victory you are taking us beyond the storm you are taking us beyond every challenge beyond every mountain beyond every obstacle beyond every wall of containment oh we bless you we bless you we bless you regedo sakata yada bababababo shakata listen to me carefully everybody and i want you to take it seriously there was a unique advantage the disciples had in the gospels please hear me that they did not have in the book of acts we can learn a lot from their stories and their experience in the gospels but you need to understand that the day you and i live in is in the days of the book of acts in the Gospels, please hear me, when Peter fell, Jesus could catch him and pick him up physically. And Jesus could bring him back into the boat and take them to the other side. Because he was still teaching them all these lessons. He was teaching them, be rooted in my promises. He was teaching them, be prayerful. In fact, he prayed for them. Remember that part when they came to meet Jesus, that why do the disciples of John the Baptist fast and pray? And your own disciples, they are eating. They are not fasting and praying. They had that privilege in the Gospels. Because Jesus will go to the mountain and pray for them. The prayer that will get them to the other side. In the book of Acts, they didn't have that Jesus anymore. And that's what Jesus told them. He said, now that the bridegroom is around, they can go and eat. But the day of Acts, he didn't say Acts, but you get my point. Where the bridegroom is taken away from them, they too will fast and pray. So in the book of Acts, they had to fast and pray. In the book of Acts, if they did not pray, like they ought to, Herod will behead James. Because there's no Jesus that will now come and carry you in the boat and take you to the other side. So I know those four lessons I shared with you, they are simple, but they are the key. Be rooted in the, in the book of Acts, they were rooted in the world. In the book of Acts, they were prayerful. There was no Jesus going to the mountain. They are the ones that even after they flood them, they will come together and pray until the building shakes. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, there's no Jesus that will pray for Peter. He's the church that has to come together and pray for him until God sent an angel into the dungeon for them. In the book of Acts, they had to keep their focus on Jesus. There's no Jesus that is walking beside you in the water that will catch you when you are sinking. The promise is there. But you have to exercise the principle. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And in the book of, in the gospels, yes, Jesus could come into the boat. Then could now worship. In the book of Acts, sir, you worship now. Listen, those four things we said, if you are that person that knows God has my back, even if I fail, he will help me. You will need that kind of rock assurance to get to the other side. So I want you to lift your hands. We have just a few minutes. I need to close. I want you, the last thing the Bible told us they did, they, they began to worship because they now realize, wow, he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. 
all this while that we thought we were alone in the storm no jesus was somewhere watching over us he was keeping and he knew what he was going all this time where you've been barren and you look as if nothing's happening no his plan and his purpose that's what happened when he came inside the boat with them oh so you were around all the while oh so you had a plan that this storm will seize all the while oh so we're going to get to the other side all the while it dawned on them and their response was just to worship even those of them that were too afraid to come out of the boat they had learned their lesson is somebody learning this morning they had learned and they now gave him the worship that was due his name all those lessons that they learned in the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.